Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. Topic this evening is the joy of normalcy. Wouldn't it be wonderful to be normal? Normal but not average. We'll explore what this means. With Yaakov Kamenetsky used to say that there's a mitzvah to be normal. What exactly is that mitzvah? How do we describe or define normalcy? Obviously, it sounds very subjective depending on where you're coming from and how you personally view the world. But there is a mitzvah of normalcy, and we know when it comes to being makabil the Torah, Parshas Yisrael, Kalal Yisrael, gets to that level in our history where we were able and ready to receive the Torah. The story of Yisro and his own journey coming to the, the realization of the truth of Torah. But one thing we know, and this uh, unfortunately is oftentimes the case where you have someone who's inspired to grow more in their Yiddishkeit and to explore more what the Torah is, what it's about, but if there's a, a lack of normalcy, if they're not healthy and comfortable with themselves, it's very difficult to embrace a life of Torah and to assume that embracing a life of Torah will somehow solve my own personal issues. That's not the case. The Torah was given for human beings, assuming there's a level of mental health, assuming there's a level of functionality, and that's where normalcy comes in. So what does it mean to be normal? I think most people, if you had to use one word to define normal, what would that word be? Average. Average. That's a good guess. Are you cheating? Yes. <laughs> good. <laughs> Average, typical. We use those words, you know, as synonyms. The average, the typical, the normal way of doing things. Or sometimes we like to define a, a phrase or a word by thinking of the opposite. What's the opposite of normal living? Abnormal living. But what does that look like? Overly intense, maybe uh, super extreme. A person's too intense, that means you're not normal. These are generally the ideas that float through our mind when we think of this ideal of normalcy. Is it true, though, that being normal means that I'm average? It doesn't mean that. The Gemara in Sukkah, we have the line from Shim Bar Yochai, where he says, I have seen those people who are really working on themselves and striving for growth, but they're the vast minority of the population. Your average person is not in the category of a Ben Aliyah. Does that mean those few people who are Ben Aliyah are abnormal? It doesn't mean that. There's a fascinating Pasuk in Mishle. The beginning of the Pasuk reads, Holech b'yoshro yirei Hashem. One who goes literally in his yashrus, in his truth, he's considered one who fears God. Explains the Vilna Gon, focusing on the, the word biyashro, not holech biyashrus, but holech biyashro, one who's going in his truth, he's a Yerei Hashem. 
The Gra explains, everyone needs to go on the path that's fit for them. No two people are the same. And there, therefore, my personal Avodas Hashem is finding the Yashrus, the, the, the path that works for me. Even though that might mean that people will be looking at you, the way you're doing things, your type of uh, engagement in Ruchnius, and they're, they're going to say that that's inappropriate, or it's ra, it's bad. Because they don't know what you need. They don't understand where you're coming from. All they're looking at superficially is that you're not doing the exact same thing as everybody else. However, if a person is sincere and finding one's truth does not mean in my own little isolated world contemplating what I think is best for me without any real consultation and searching Das Torah. Of course, I'm going to to take advantage of those people who know more than I do, and I want to gain from their wisdom. But my ultimate goal is finding my yashrus, and to anyone else here, that might look a little bit different. But does that therefore mean that the person who succeeds in becoming a Yerei Hashem is abnormal, because he might look or do things differently than everybody else? The answer is obviously not. I want to read to you, this is actually from an essay I saw a while ago. The average is a description of what is. The normal is the ideal, the principle, that which we're striving to achieve. In a perfect world, the average is normal. However, in real life, the average is usually far below normal. In fact, to be completely normal is very rare indeed. This confusion of the two terms, average and normal, becomes most critical in the realm of morality. Right? We have this thing within us that once society has taken a, a turn, a particular direction, or once many people are embracing a, a, a theory, a lifestyle, so then automatically the fact that the masses are doing something that gives it credence. If we don't have that, that clarity that just because this is the average, it doesn't mean this is okay, it doesn't mean this is normal. Or like Obama, I think, once said, you have to stand on the right side of history. But where he was mistaken is just because history might be going in a particular direction, it doesn't mean that the average of that history or the destiny of the rest of the world becomes the new norm, if that's not acceptable and it's not normal. So being normal doesn't mean you're being average. Okay, doesn't mean I'm not being extreme. I'm not too intense. My son and I, Menachem, many times a week, we read a few pages of the Reb Chaim Kanievsky biography. And chapter after chapter, hearing about his life and his chovos, all of the incredible responsibilities he piled upon himself waking up at three in the morning and learning for hours, Bavli, Yerushalmi, Zohar, Midrashim, Kola Torah Kula, 
and yet being available hours and hours a day for all of Klal Yisrael, you ask, was Reb Chaim Kanievsky normal? How would you respond to that question? Yes, he was very normal. He had an incredible talent and perseverance, and he was able to accomplish more than most people can dream of. But you know him a little bit. You get a little bit of an insight into who he was and his interactions and his relationships with his family and his friends. He was very normal, but he was not your average person. Was he intense? Well, he definitely took life seriously, making sure to accomplish everything he did. That means that he was definitely living with a real focus. But living with a real focus and being overly uh, driven to accomplish something doesn't mean you're abnormal. There was a young man learning in the, the first few years of Kolel. He got to a point in his career where he was in yeshiva anyway for the entirety of the day. And he could really sit there for hours and hours without distraction. And he thought it might be time for him to take on the, the next level of Ruchnius, namely staying with his talis and tefillin on the entire day. Something that most people don't do, but he was contemplating that might be his next move. So he had a conversation with the mashkiach in the yeshiva asking if that's a, a good thing to strive for. Should I try that? Mashkiach said, maybe, maybe ask this question to Reb Scheinberg. Now, we know that Reb Scheinberg, for the last many years of his life, besides being known famously for wearing many, many talesim, he would also sit the entire day with talis and tefillin. So when the young man heard that he was being encouraged to ask this question to Reb Scheinberg, he was assuming that he would get a green light. He goes to Scheinberg, he waits his turn, and eventually he has the opportunity to ask the question, Rebbe, would it be okay if at this stage of my life, you know, I feel like I'm ready for it, to start wearing my talis and tefillin all day? And Scheinberg's sitting there with his talis and tefillin on, and he grabs him by the collar and he says, why can't you just be normal? Why can't you just be normal? And that was his answer. Don't wear your talisman to fill in all day. Now somebody asked me, Akasha. <laughs> Rev Scheinberg was wearing his talisman to fill in all day. And if you were to ask Rev Scheinberg, Rebbe, are you normal? He would say yes. And anyone who knew Rev Scheinberg would testify to the fact that yes, he was extremely normal. So now it gets complicated, right? For you, it's abnormal and it's not okay and it's not healthy, but for me it's normal. Now it's interesting, there's a comment of the Tferis Yisrael on his commentary to Perkei Avos, where he speaks about the idea of COVID Rosh. What's the best translation of COVID Rosh? The heaviness of the mind or the intensity of focus. Is COVID Rosh something that we should strive for 24-7? Why not? Why not, says the Tiferes Yisrael? Because it's monea, it's a mania gedola bevodas Hashem yisbarach. It's a major blockage in your avodas Hashem if you live your life the COVID rosh. 
That's a surprising line. <coughs> Isn't COVID Rosha a beautiful midah? That means I'm really serious and I'm focused. Says the Tzfer Yisrael, COVID Rosh is only appropriate at certain times. During tefillah, when you're davening there, the Gemara tells us, Shulchan Aruch tells us, we have to have COVID Rosh. That's a form of intense meditation. That's a devekus. That's a hispashtus migashmi. Yes, that requires COVID Rosh. But the general behavior and feeling of every human being, you can't sustain that continuously because that's a mania gedola bavodas Hashem that will take you away from your ruchnius. Rather, what's the constant state we're striving for? He says two ideas. We want to be besimcha ubekalus haguf. Kalus haguf literally means lightness of the body. The modern day translation of kalus haguf would be chilled out, chilled out. Not kalas harosh, which means I don't take life seriously, but kalas haguf is not at all a contradiction to living a life where I take every moment seriously and every opportunity I take seriously. And I could strive for the, the greatest heights of Limud HaTorah and Tikkun Hamidos, but COVID rosh is something that's unhealthy. So we do find this idea that there could be a mentality where too much intensity is not a good thing, it's not a healthy thing. One unbelievable biography, which I think you'll find a lot of beautiful examples of what the Tferis Yisrael was speaking about, living a life besimcho bekalas haguf, is the biography of Rabbi David Feinstein, Zechert Tzadik Levrocha. Any interaction that you've had with him, if you've had the opportunity, or if you've speak spoken to Talmidim, everyone has the same perception, where although he was so deep and so vast in his Chachma Satora, but he was so incredibly normal. One particular account from a grandchild, he says about his uh, grandfather, Abdavid Feinstein Zaidi, would wake up early every morning and have a cup of coffee, after which he said to Hillam for about a half hour. He enjoyed that coffee to the fullest. And if any of us were staying over, he would offer to make us coffee as well, excited to share it. Then he went off to learn, thrilled with the opportunity he had to learn Torah. And he believed that the breakfast that he ate after was the most delicious breakfast possible. That's how he lived his life. Besimcha, with his schedule, with the opportunities that he was given. Being able to appreciate the, the simple brachos that we have every day. That's besimcha bekalas haguf, not kovet arosh. So that leaves us somewhat complexed. Normal doesn't mean average. It's not the opposite. It's not just the opposite of being overly extreme because extremism might not be bad. Chaim was extreme in his commitment to learning. But yet we also find that there is a type of mentality that could be unhealthy and abnormal. One who lives with an ongoing sense of COVID rosh. So we're somewhat confused. I found a, a beautiful story this is a story that was said 
by Rosh Lama Zaman Arabach regarding the Petira, the passing of Rabbi Yeshua Tzvi Michal Shapiro. Rabbi Yeshua Tzvi Michal Shapiro was a tzaddik, he was a Mechaber Svarim, and he was someone who fasted often. He was known for his Tainesim. Rabbi Yaakov Moshe Harlap, one of his disciples, wrote a biography about his Rebbe. He entitled the biography, Tzvi Litzadik. And in the beginning of that sefer, there are many different haskamos from different gedolim, giving their stamp of approval to the biography. And in one particular haskama, the, uh, the gadol writes, because he was a little bit concerned after delineating all of the different tainesim uh, that Rav Shapiro would go through on a weekly basis, people might be inspired and they would emulate his way. And that might not be a healthy move for the majority of the population. So he writes in his Haskama, in order that people should not be influenced to start taking on the exact same schedule as Rav Shapiro, I want you to know that whenever he would fast, and he did so often, he would get more of a hanah. He would enjoy that more than most people when they eat delicious food. Basically saying, if you're on that madrega, where for you, when you choose to fast, it gives you such a sense of satiation and onig, then you could do that also. But if you're not quite there yet, don't emulate his ways. And I think what this is being megala, what this is revealing to us, is that you could have two people doing the exact same thing. For one person, it's normal, it's healthy, he's growing from this particular hanhaga, and you have someone else doing the same exact schedule, and it could be corroding his very sense of self. It could be zapping his simcha sechayim and, and, and his mental health. It depends on who you are. There's a letter that was written by Rav Kook to one of his uh, main Talmidim, Rav Harlap. Rav Harlap was asking regarding different practices that were somewhat extreme, also in the realm of, of fasting and, and different uh, expressions of a real sustaining from this world. It's the top of page three. Listen to what Rav Kook answers Rav Harlap. Laman Hashem rak My advice to you is that your avodas Hashem should be besimcha, should be with a sense of joy. It should not bring worry, stress, or anxiety. It's appropriate to rejoice within our relationship with Hashem and to awaken that simcha that's there within us. And don't do anything that's going to be detrimental to your health. I assume included in this would be your physical well-being and your mental, your emotional well-being. Anything compelling you in that direction 
going to the extreme where it could be detrimental for your health, that's the Yetzirah. And then he quotes a Pasuk in Yeshaya. And we'll explore this Pasuk together in a moment. Velo osi karasa. Yeshaya Hanavi says, quoting Hashem, you're not calling out in my name. Meaning to say, the Avodas Hashem that you're trying to do is not genuine Avodas Hashem if it's going to bring stress, anxiety, or it's going to be unhealthy. And he concludes his letter by writing, It's better, it's more powerful to have even one moment of Torah learning with a sense of menuchas hanefesh and love, more so than many, many days of stress and anxiety. And this line taken by itself sounds very much counterintuitive to everything else that we've heard in the past. Right? We know the famous Chazal that even one mitzvah, bitzar, where I have to push myself and there's pain involved, that's, that's more, more of a schus than doing many, many mitzvahs that are easy. And that's true also. However, Rav Kook is telling his disciple, we don't strive to create that tsar. If a person happens to be in a situation where continuing in my avoda is difficult, but there's nothing I can do about it, and you're able to, to persevere and push through, then that tsar is incredible. But when it comes to how you arrange your life and your schedule and your priorities and what chumras you choose to take on, you have to make sure that you're creating uh, th- this context of menuchas hanefesh and ava. That's what a Kaddish Baruch Hu wants more than anything. So how do we define normal? Normal comes down to being fully aware of who I am and where I am and what I need. That's normal. Having a balance. Right, the Rambam, when he speaks about the famous Derek and Soy, that golden middle road, he writes that The two extremes within any Mida, those are not the Derek Tova. Rather, the straight path is the middle road between the two extremes of any midah. And this means, therefore, by staying in the middle, I'm the farthest away from either extreme possible. What does that mean? Is the Rambam telling us you shouldn't be too passionate about anything. You shouldn't care that much. Right? Don't be an achzar, don't be cruel. But on the other hand, don't be, you know, like Avram Avinu, overflowing with love. That's that's also too extreme. Don't be stingy, but don't really want to give either. Be somewhere in the middle. Is that the golden path? Obviously, it's not what the Rambam is telling us. The Mesora we have in understanding this idea of the Rambam is that he's not telling us we should be lukewarm. Our lives, our personalities should be lukewarm. 
Rather, what he's saying is that we should be in control of who we are. I have to be aware of who I am. I have to know how I work, what's motivating me, what are the pressures, external and internal, and having enough self-control and awareness that I can choose. Do I go to the farther right? Do I go to the left? Is it time for freezing cold water? Is it time for boiling hot water? But it's me. I'm in control. I'm not controlled by those emotions. That's what the Rambam's telling us. Derech Beinanis, the golden path, is that I am in the middle and I have control over what direction to move in and what hargasha, what feeling, what emotion to tap into. The idea of joy in life comes from a sense of normalcy and well-being. I'm aware of who I am and I'm in control of who I am. And this is the litmus test to real normalcy. If you want to know if you're normal, if you want to know if someone else is normal, oftentimes there's a simcha sechayim that's interconnected with normalcy. And it makes sense there should be because I'm self-aware and I'm in control. Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky would give the advice when dating, he would tell the young men, as you're schmoozing and she's sitting across the table, see if she smiles. If she smiles, that's a sign of normalcy. Shlomo Zalman Arbach was having a conversation with the father of a, a son who was about to be bar mitzvah, and he was questioning what arm he should wear his tefillin on. One of these complicated situations where he would do certain things with his left arm, other things with the right arm, and he would write with his left, but he would throw the ball this way. So Shlomo Zalman asked him the question, what arm does he throw a ball with? And the father said in a very proud voice, my son doesn't play sports. So Shlomo Zalman said, okay, so if he's not playing sports, that probably means he's beating up his brother. What arm does he punch your other son with? The tefillin goes on the other hand. When we started the Beis Yaakov here, one of my requirements was that the girls have to have PE, it has to be consistent in the schedule, and they have to wear regular sneakers. Because I don't know how it happened that somehow there's become this perception that to be very from in a base Yaakov, you can't exercise. And the more like skinny, pale, and frail you are, the more religious you are. That's not normal. Normalcy is an expression of joy. And when there's a simcha sechayim, because I'm aware of myself and who I am, that's the greatest raya, that's the greatest indication that I'm on the right track. This pasuk that Rav Kook quoted, when he was telling his disciple of Charlap, Lo osi kurosa Yaakov. Hashem says, You're not calling out to me, ki yagata bi Yisrael, because you're getting tired. Yisrael. You're getting worn out. What does that Pusik mean? I know you're not calling out to me because you're getting tired. Explains the Magid Mezrich. The Magid says the indication that 
we might be doing Avodas Hashem, but it's not authentic, it's not finding truth, it's being motivated by something unhealthy or impure, is if my ongoing Avodas Hashem brings a sense of being worn out, being burnt out, then it's not, prob- not Avodas Hashem. He says, if your avoda was pure avoda, you would be growing with a sense of naimus of pleasantness. You would be sensing, I would feel that beauty, and then I would have this inner strength to go mechayil el chayil. Kizehu Eid Godulu Mofes Nema, writes the Ohel Yaakov. This is the greatest aid. This is the, the witness that we're doing things in the right way when it brings a sense of true pleasure and true accomplishment. It doesn't mean that Avodas Hashem is always easy. We know that life can be very difficult. But in my path, striving to get closer to Hashem, it's the realization that. I have to know where I am. You have to find your truth and go within that truth. And that means you could be extremely normal, but also very different from other people. I could be very intense and focused and taking every aspect of my life seriously, but it doesn't mean I take myself overly seriously. It doesn't mean that I'm living the COVID Roche. Now, because it's a very subjective path, it makes it that much more difficult to find answers because it's not a one-size-fits-all. The Mesil Sisharim will conclude with this when he speaks about the idea of benefiting from this world. So obviously, we don't want to overindulge and be distracted by Olam Hazeh. On the other hand, writes the Ramchal, that she'yeh lo nachas ruach v'yishuv das, I should engage enough in this world that it brings a sense of nachas ruach, of pleasantness, the yishuv das, and the settling of the mind, in order to be able to focus in a healthy way on my vodas Hashem. Now how do I determine how much I need from Olam Hazah and what's overly indulging? Says the Ramchal, V'chol ma'ashu mukhrech lo, anything that's required for you, for whatever reason it may be. It doesn't mean that if you know, if you don't have more to eat, you might die of starvation. That's not That's obviously your mechuyiv to eat. But if I know that there are certain pleasures of this world that create that yishuv hadas and nachas ruach within me, for whatever reason it is. So then, im hu poresh mi menu if I abstain from those pleasures, I'm a sinner. This is not what Hashem wants from me. Like Rav Kuk writes, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be in a state of menuchas and nefesh and ava. This is the definition of normal. Hashem, as we makabal Torah, as a nation and also as individuals, the prerequisite to everything is being true to myself, being aware of who I am and what I need, obviously through the consultation, through seeking Eitzah, 
from those who know more than I do, and the normalcy is not at all a, uh, a weakness. It's not the antithesis of taking life seriously. It's the way to create the foundation to really take life seriously in a way where we could continue striving and feel that and that pleasantness of Torah.